0: A Playlist Original Santa's coming to town! Santa! Oh
1: my God! This is Christmas! The season of perpetual hope!
0: We
2: are Santa's hells Building Santa's shells Tinsel?
0: Not just for decoration Look I what mean, you did, you little jerk! If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around
1: this is a full blown four alarm holiday emergency here. We're gonna press on and we're gonna have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white f- down that chimney night, he's gonna find the jolliest bunch of holes this side of the
0: nut house. Come on! And I think you're beautiful and I, um, I feel really warm when I am around you and um, my tongue swells up So, do you want to go eat food?
2: I feel it in my fingers in my finger. I feel it in my toes I feel it in my toes. Yeah. Sometimes, the most real things in the world are the things we can't
0: see I'm dreaming of a white Christmas It's Christmas Eve! It's it's the one night of the year when we all act a little nicer.
2: We, we, we smile a little easier. We, 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 we cheer a little more. I want red red red, cup of an official red-rider next action 200-year range of all
0: You're a 1,200-year-old elf? You look pretty good for your age.
2: Thanks, but I'm seeing someone in rapping.
0: Why are you smiling like
2: that? I just like
1: to smile. Smiling's my favorite.
2: I can't seem to find my toothbrush, so I'll pick one up when I go out today. Other than that, I'm in good shape. Ah!
0: Okay, Dad. Let's do it. Let's go get the sh- kicked out of us by now. Yes.
2: Oh, the silent majesty of a winter's morn, the clean, cool chill of the holiday air. This mm-hmm. hole in his bathrobe, emptying a chemical
0: toilet into my sewer. Was full.
2: Good night, Kevin. Good night, Kevin. It came without ribbons.
1: It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or
0: bags. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas. Perhaps merry christmas you filthy animal and a happy new year
1: all right hello everyone and welcome to another episode of back to the blockbuster with your host Guest and jackson celebrating merry bidgemas once again what's
2: up buddy oh you know i'm very excited to talk about this one i suppose to kick it off a thank you as an order for letting us talk about <laughs> such an unconventional christmas movie i'm sure there's plenty of people here that are thinking what the hell gremlins isn't a christmas movie but maybe i'm wrong i view it that way it takes place on christmas and for the last three years it's been a tradition of mine i only saw it for the first time three years ago and then the next couple years went by and i threw it in again and then thought what better chance to talk about it than on mary benjamin so thank you for allowing us to discuss (laughs) this movie today it's no love actually but it takes place on christmas (laughs) it meets the requirements
1: Yeah, Love actually doesn't have any
2: gremlins, no Mogwai,
1: no uh, no no monsters. (laughs) Monsters wrecked havoc.
2: (laughs) No, it is like it's kind of like Poltergeist in the sense where it's like a a Spielberg movie, but not. And you feel his fingerprints all over this movie. And I think for like for the betterment of this movie, it's like his golden age time where I think he was just involved in too many other things at the time. 80s, yeah, yeah, lent his you know executive producing uh you know know how to this movie and the movie really pays off for it it's such a fun family movie in this weird time where you push the boundary for like pg-13 it's from the year the first pg-13 movie ever came out so the yeah there's still uh, a gray area there
1: this was uh a part of the reason uh indiana jones and the temple of doom and this movie or a big reason why <laughs> the mm. pg-13 rating came <laughs> about because uh I guess parents were taking their kids to... See. Now, this movie made a lot of money. There were uh, there are stories about like walkouts and stuff because the parents were like, this Walk is...
2: Walkouts? What? A movie with kids? Okay, Yeah,
1: because sure. parents were like, this is not a children's movie.
2: But movie <laughs> no. Uh, but the
1: movie made $212.9 million worldwide, and uh, 148 of that came domestically from its initial run, and they re it a year later. That pushed it up to, like, 153 domestic um so even if there was some kind of outcry it didn't really hurt the box office at all i guess no. people so uh enjoyed it but yeah i found that interesting to learn that this was uh this movie <laughs> and it, it seems associated with both uh this yeah. movie and indiana jones the temple of doom were a big reading uh for having the pg-13 rating uh created uh, i saw this movie super young right uh, that's so why, and I thought it was a horror film for so. I mean, I guess it still is, uh, but I thought it was like a scary movie when I was a kid.
2: Right. Uh, I it's definitely not, did, did. the kids did, that way? I think.
1: Yeah, like you know, I feel like if Five Nights at Freddy's came out in eighty four, that would be like this would be kind of like similar in terms of like like a gateway
2: horror movie right. for kids, and it's been um, described that way. And I think that's a great way to pitch this movie. It's like if you're a young kid looking to. Exp- you know, broaden your horizons and sort of find a gateway into like more mainstream horror movies. This is a great place to start.
1: Yeah. But Christmas is all around in the movie. It like, it takes mm. place during Christmas uh, and you kind of feel the vibe, the entire movie. It's not just uh Now, is it integral it to the plot? I mean, I guess it involves, there's some, I mean, the Mogwai thing happened as a gift for Christmas. So I guess there's right. that. Um, I think
2: it's, it, it happens like the plot can happen not necessarily i don't think like where we just discussed this in the holdovers that is way more central to the plot i think right. this could happen any real time it just happens to take place at christmas yeah. um but for what it is i love that it's set there you get some anecd- christmas anecdotes a lot of christmas imagery that i think yeah. pay off well, but you get songs there's yeah <laughs> then, yeah christmas that's right that-
1: that- um for those that don't know grimless was released in 1984 the year i was born
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, a lot of
1: good movies came out the year i was born yeah uh uh comedy horror film directed by joe dante written by chris columbus i didn't know that
2: right that's like the best part of this movie (laughs) i don't think i've
1: ever paid attention that he wrote it and i was like oh uh, chris columbus the king i mean almost king of movie christmas he I mean did home alone exactly uh, talking uh, directed later, home alone. yeah directed home alone yeah the first
2: two harry potter movies he yeah. wrote uh the Goonies as well i believe right yeah, yeah. so he,
1: is, he I mean he, he had a good run for a really yes. long time uh yeah written by Chris Great Columbus 80s. and s- starring Zach Galligan and Phoebe Cates Hoyt Axton, Polly Holiday, and Francis Lee McCain, with Howie Mandel providing the voice of Gizmo. I still find that hilarious. I uh, love Gizmo
2: <laughs> as a character. He's so friggin' cute.
1: Yeah, adorable. Yeah. Uh, Gizmo being the main Maguire character, it draws on Legends of uh, Fork Uh, folklore mischievous creatures that cause malfunctions gremlins in the British Royal Air Force going back to World War II. The story follows a young man who receives a strange creature as a pet, which then spawns other creatures who transform into small destructive mischievous monsters that all wreak havoc on a whole town on Christmas Eve.
0: What is it? It's your new pet. Number one, you gotta keep him out of bright light. Number two, keep him away from water. This is, this is incredible. And probably the most important thing, don't ever
2: feed him after midnight.
0: Yum, yum. Billy, what are these things?
2: Gremlins. How come a cute little guy like this can turn into a thousand ugly monsters?
0: that was mrs deagle
1: i'll bet every kid in america would like to have one they might even replace the dog as the family pet uh the film was the center of a very large merchandising campaign uh and uh, got a lot of uh credit and criticism for his balancing up black comedy against a Christmas time setting. Uh Steven Spielberg was the film's executive producer with the film being produced by Michael Finnell. <clears throat> Released on June 8th, 1984. Nowhere now near weird. Christmas. Yeah, In fact, guys, by the time it ended its box office run in 1984, its final th- his final day in theaters was November 29th. So it, cl- it, cl- it closed up shop. <laughs> Before the holiday season, uh, so that strange. Year, that there must have
2: been a reason, must have been a stack. I don't know why it that would so be the case. weird. Yeah,
1: um, uh, it uh, yeah, it released a critical and commercial success. However, like we said, it was heavily criticized by some uh, for its more violent sequences, uh, and, and that helped spawn the PG 13 rating. Um, it also spawned a sequel called Grimless to the New Batch*. while not as finally fi- financially successful. It's still fun in its own right.
2: It's way more comedic though. (laughs) I've never seen that one that's been on my list for a while, given how much I love this movie. Um, and I've always wondered if it was like really worthwhile if you've enjoyed the first one. What do you think? It's way different. I mean, like this one,
1: like there of course there's comedic stuff in this, but it it leans in heavy on the satire and comedy (sighs) rather than you know, any more than anything else. It definitely didn't do as well in theaters, but it it became like a cult film later. Like a lot okay. of people do like the second one a lot, uh now, but at the okay. time it was deemed a disappointment. And uh, by the way, all this done on an eleven million dollar budget, which kind of was expensive for them at the time. They were right, they felt they, they felt that they went over budget. On oh, the movie. if they were
2: to see movie <laughs> budgets this time I know. This day and age. <laughs>
1: um but yeah, I uh saw it as a kid, very young, and it's been in my life uh, ever since then. Hmm. I've seen it a handful of times. Uh it is annual Christmas viewing for me as well. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but but, that, it, but, but, yeah. but it is uh, it is an it's weird to call it an unconventional Christmas viewing. I mean a lot of it is, I mean, like it is it does take place through Christmas. It I mean, all of it is around these, this event that happens on Christmas Eve. There's like you said, a ton of Christmas imagery, there's music. Mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, balancing the whole horror comedy aspect of it, it's not, you know, it's not wholesome fun. Right. By any means, but um, I think it's up there. I mean, I was trying to think of, like, if I had a list of unconventional Christmas movies where this would rank, and it'd be pretty high up there, yeah, I think. Agreed. Um, Myself but as it's, well. And watching it today, uh, again, <laughs> all I could, or, or, or last night, I actually watched that last night, rather, I was like, there's uh, not a lot going on other than you get the Magwai and then shit happens. They terrorize the town, and then that's right.
2: Like, yeah. There's no, like... Pretty self-contained there's, story.
1: There's no, like, deeper, like, kind of, like, where do they come from? Why are they... I mean, they don't really even explain, like, why they can even do the things that they do once they nope. transform. Like, like <laughs> they're able to hum along the songs that they somehow know, and they're also able to...
2: Why are they speaking you know, <laughs> English?
1: <laughs> they can speak English. They drink. They smoke.
2: They can operate firearms, they can drive, (laughs) they can operate firearms. There's no
1: explanation as to why they can do any of these things,
2: exactly. (laughs) And you don't need one, it's like just from a simpler storytelling time in Hollywood, where like you don't need to overanalyze all these details. Where I feel like people do in modern filmmaking, the movie works so good by not thinking about all these things because it's silly, it's goofy, it's about a bunch of little. creatures (laughs) that running around causing yeah 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 i think it works so well like that obviously it's ridiculous in premise but so much fun i find this movie so hard like just has such a charisma and like a humor to it that i can't help even though like i plop it in i'm like is this really as good as i give it praise for and every time i'm done watching i'm like i find myself like laughing like giddily multiple times while watching it and i feel it always earns that praise that i give it when i'm done watching it
1: yeah, it really does.
2: It's and so much it, fun.
1: And it's one of those movies that gets better every time I watch it.
2: Yeah, TV. agreed. There's more to it, like, pick up on every time.
1: It holds up really well. I think the two leads, I guess we can like, I uh, guess uh, Zach Gallagher and Phoebe Cates uh, are both good. They both they both serve the roles ne- that are necessary. Like, you know the the Gremlins are the stars. Gizmo is the star. Yes, but you know you gotta have human characters in it too, and they serve the purpose of being likable enough that one you're rooting for uh whatever budding romance they are they like I am glad there's not a huge focus on like you know, are they going to get in a, are they going to become a couple like that kind of thing right, I there's like completely. a flirtatious chemistry between them and that's about it mm-hmm. but really uh it's more about like Billy stepping up and protecting Gizmo at all costs and and then in turn protecting the town yes. uh, from being, like, terrorized by uh, these little creatures, uh, which is, you know, it, like you said, it's very simple. It reminds me of, like, you, the, you made a good point. The 80s was like this, where, like, I always think about Predator, like, that first one. There's no explanation as to why. it, it That thing just crash lands in the jungle, and right. there's no rhyme or reason to it. He just... Is out to kill them, and that's all you need to know. Exactly. And the more they over-explain it, the more it, it convoluted it gets in like the sequels and all that.
2: Right. But is but better the, so less you know, the better. story
1: of like, yeah, I don't need to know anything more than that. Right. Um, but we are given rules. Uh, when uh Billy's inventor Father Randall uh uh gets uh the Mogwai uh from an owner called named Mr. Wing. Uh the rules are do not expose the Mogwai to light, especially sunlight, which will kill it. Do not let it come in contact with water, and above all, never feed it after midnight.
0: Such a simple
1: thing. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. yeah, Very simple rules to follow. Um, mm, I always find think? it. Uh, I thought. I think it's. I find it hilarious that when uh, he the dad brings the Mogwai home, and he knows these rules, and then the, the mom is like, goes to take a, a Polaroid picture of Gizmo, mm. and it freaks out because of the light. And then the dad's like, "Oh yeah, like By the way. This, I, I was supposed to tell you, I'm like, why would you leave with like these very important rules that you right. probably should let them know?" Um, yeah, I thought that was, I was watching it today. I was like, "Why didn't you like tell him that as soon as you like?"
2: Took <laughs> Even this that thing being out? said, I think that's pretty consistent with his like goofy nature and that his absent-minded sort of like nature to him. Like his character is very yeah clumsy, ditzy. You know, he's an inventor, so you think that you know he's a semi-smart guy can put together these elaborate devices that do all these sorts of weird things as we see a couple times for the movie yet he's just such a burly forgetful absent-minded yeah. sort of guy and i feel like that him neglecting to mention that right off the bat is yeah. so in tune with his character
1: and this movie also exists in a universe where that would be a normal pet to give out <laughs> of as a yeah. gift uh, there's no questioning about what it is it's not it's not like it's a dog it's not a cat <laughs> so like right. but like i just i do i do kind of love that there's no like like oh, what the hell did you bring home it's just very like
2: <laughs> and and- it's just like oh i've never <laughs> seen one of these before these before yeah, yeah yeah
1: and maybe it's because gizmo is just so darn cute that you don't care yeah <laughs> what it is um but yeah i yeah i think it's funny that the movie doesn't even try to be like oh, it's, is it kind yeah. of weird that he brought this like weird thing up?
2: exactly <laughs> no need to you know um expand the runtime with all this needless explanation <laughs> Ex- let's just get down to it. exactly backstory um uh, I, I wanted to <laughs> get to it and just give some praise to just thinking for some reason chucky popped into my mind when we were covering child's play and i mentioned that that chucky doll was on my um Oh, goodness, what is it? My Mount Rushmore of animatronics. And I got to yeah. say, Gizmo and the Gremlins are also up there. They are so believable. And the the way they're able to emote and the way that they are able to move and the things yeah. that they can do in this movie as little animatronic dolls is – I'm so impressed every time I'm done watching this movie at what the, the crew was able to do with these animatronics. It's just unbelievable how real and – well, I mean, you can tell you're looking at a machine, but – it's yeah, just yeah. impressive what they're able to convey and do. And especially when you have like 30 to 40 of them at one time, like in the bar scene and in the movie theater, there's so many of them all doing, they all have such an individual quality to them. It's just, yeah. it's really, it's movie magic. And that's what I love about this movie
1: um i just read that there was an early an, an earlier attempt to use monkeys to interpret the gremlins yes that was a that was abandoned because the test monkey panic which made uh, which was when made to wear a gremlin head so puppets and marionettes were used instead so the actors worked alongside them in most scenes uh nevertheless after the actors finished their work for good a great deal of effort was spent finishing the effects uh uh, they said numerous small rubber puppets, some of which were mechanical, were used to portray Gizmo and the Gremlins, and they were designed by Chris Wallace. There was more than one Gizmo puppet, and occasionally Galligan, when carrying one, would sit him down off camera, and when Gizmo appeared again sitting on a surface, it was actually a different puppet wired to the surface. Uh, yeah. And they, they, These puppets had many limitations. The Gizmo puppets were particularly frustrating because they were smaller and thus broke down more uh, and the larger migrants were easier to uh, function as far as uh, with, for the special effects team. But uh, Dante, Joe Dante insisted on keeping their size small to enhance the cuteness of the creatures. Mm. And consequently, the satisfy the crew is scene was included in which the gremlins hang gizmo on a wall and throw darts at him. That was included <laughs> on a list that the crew created known to them as the horrible things to do to gizmo list, <laughs>
2: <laughs> which is a very hilarious scene. Like you see the panic in his eyes and I'm nice. so yeah. grateful. No darts actually hit him, but it's, it's still a hilarious scene. On the side note, do you remember the Furby doll? Yeah, that was popular. Is that modeled after Gizmo it at all? It like feels
1: it is. Uh, it, it really feels like it is. I'm just wondering if
2: it, it was universe. if it's deliberate or if it's acknowledged in any way how similar those things are to those Gizmo things, from this yeah. movie.
1: Yeah, uh, that that I mean, every time I I remember when they first became big, that was the first thing I thought is that it looks like
2: Gizmo. Yeah, variation Gizmo it has yeah, to yeah. be a connection there. But anyway, um, besides the point.
1: Yeah, they. Yeah, and but Gizmo's definitely cuter than the Furby.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah, Gizmo. I literally like care for that character. Like I love Gizmo so much.
1: Yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Corey Feldman appears in this movie because uh, yes. he's in every '80s movie um, during this
0: period. I think this is the first time <laughs> I
2: actually realized it was Corey Feldman. I remember I mean, being like, "What the hell."
1: uh yeah i know very small part um uh but um he is the reason i uh the they multiply initially because he spills water on uh gizmo by mistake and actually i i i think i realized i don't like body transformation anything whether it's human or in puppet form okay because watching watching those things like bubble on his back and then like pop and he looks like he gets so much pain too yeah it does look <laughs> like, painful. And like, and, yeah and then they like pop out and then like you watch yeah it's gross,
2: gross. Um, <laughs> its gross you feel bad for gizmo I, yeah. I i find it funny how there's no sense of connection like to gizmo and the other gremlins which are essentially his his offspring they come from right. his back yet he's just like i don't know they're they're their own set of of Mogwai Mogwai. Slash Gremlins, and I'm just gizmo over here on the main one and well that is the one thing they don't
1: i guess we don't need the explanation but they don't really explain that why gizmo is so like docile and nice and then True. when they spawn when they spawn from him they're already mischievous mischievous as soon yeah. as they like come out like they yeah. uh the one tries to bite cory Feldman. i think that was the striped one that tries to bite him
0: <laughs> yes he's <it's laughs> uh, hilarious
1: and they already are one to cause a ruckus mm-hmm. uh they don't like gizmo <laughs> right away <laughs> no they immediately don't like gizmo uh if there was one explanation, I guess I would want to know like why they're they come out different compared sure. to him and why uh Gizmo is so nice. I, mm-hmm. I guess they don't really I wonder if there's a
2: broader allegory there if anybody has ever bothered to, if there's fan fiction the, get about into, but, you know, they get to it, yeah. Like, I'm sure, so, so, I mean, them.
1: dude, you can write anything for your website, so it's like, so I'm sure someone's probably been like,
2: I'm sure there the has deeper been
1: reasons that's why, yeah. Gizmo's nice, and uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh. Yeah, but that whole scene, yeah, and he's like wiggling around his stomach and like he looks it just looks so painful. Like right, old guy. Yeah. Um uh then um of course uh it gets even worse though, uh, because they eventually get food. <laughs> uh, mm. they uh
2: Some tasty chicken another rule that
1: tasty chicken. <laughs> yeah. Uh and then they turn into completely disgusting uh looking creatures, which I'm guessing so i read that in the marketing for the movie they really hid the gremlins part of it well in like okay. the initial trailers and stuff so i'm guessing that's why parents were a little perturbed when they went to go see the movie yeah. um i don't know how you hide that in the marketing but they said they did their best to focus the marketing on gizmo and this like little cute little thing would draw uh, in
2: parents and kids for sure
1: and then, like, you know, the bait and switch is like, no, this is what they turn into. <laughs> and they look like they come out of these, like, little disgusting little, like, pods with, like, green.
2: Ooze looks and, like right off the set of Alien, yeah. eh? Like, oh, Alien, N- yeah, that's what, yeah. That's what thi- <laughs>
1: yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, it looks just like that. Um, oh, yeah, I thought that was, oh, it, yeah, I thought that was interesting that, that they were able to hide that. It's smart that they did, because, I mean, I, I wonder if you marketed it straight up for what it was, if it would have been as successful um but yeah i I don't know i mean because it seems like if you did market it for what it is it would you would need to try to market it to like an older crowd rather than kids and i feel like they wanted to market this to children in some way
2: Mm. um
1: to get that family audience in and god it just reminds me of like batman returns because they did that with batman returns and that ended up being like a darker much darker movie it had like uh happy meal tie-ins and Okay. Parents thought they were sending parents huh. they were their kids to so like a kids movie in 1992. and there's so much like sexual innuendo between Batman and Catwoman. Uh Ping was disgusting, like super <laughs> disgusting. Uh, and that's part of the reason why they were like, Tim Burton, like, we don't want you to do a third one
2: because <laughs> right. Too they, they they
1: famously they famously let him. They were like, Hey, you I'm, we'll let you do whatever you want. Like, this will be a Tim Burton movie more than a Batman movie, and that's exactly what he did.
2: What do did <laughs> next? Uh, Edward was, Scissorhands.
1: No, so he did Batman eighty nine, and then uh, Edward Hands came out in ninety, and then he did Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Batman Returns in nineteen ninety two, and they were like, "Yeah, you can't
0: put
2: a game time about Batman what, Forever." They were like, "What's nope. his, What's the one they gave him after Batman Returns?"
1: <laughs> no, so they gave him. So he had Batman eighty nine, and then they were like, "Hey, you can do Batman Returns if you want to do." He didn't want to do a sequel at all.
0: I and see, They were what like.
1: Yeah, they went and then they were like, okay, if I do it, then I want like creative control on ah. that. Case.
0: So he right. basically
1: made a Tim Burton movie rather than a Batman right. movie and it's uh-huh. it's dark, it's weird, and it's also it takes place on Christmas. <laughs>
2: Fair <laughs> so enough. Yeah. A, Interesting.
1: Um uh what do you, uh what do you think about um So I guess the movie was supposed to be darker in a lot of different places. Um mm. like the mom the mom was supposed to die.
0: Like yes. the were
2: supposed to like her head, was off. To like a, cut her head yeah. off and throw
1: it down the stairs
2: yeah. uh, <laughs> um and the um, dog and, too was supposed to get it i think yeah, the dog was supposed to die i could deal without uh, that
1: yeah yeah that would have been awful mm. um there's a scene where they're supposed to be eating customers instead of burgers uh yeah that like that, that um do you think would you have what well i am telling you right now the dog dying would have been awful <laughs> yeah but like would you have liked a darker that that dark version
2: of the story so i love this movie for what we got out of it i think it works great as like a i don't know what the official rating is i know it's not a p it's not p is a pg but it's like i
0: think it's PG. right
2: for whatever it is i know it should have yeah, been pg-13 PG- but it didn't exist at that time i think for the tone and what we do get out of it works brilliantly and we, it wouldn't be the movie that we know and love today without it that being said, yeah. you know me, I think a more R-rated Gremlins movie <laughs> would have been awesome, especially if it was like, if they were able to throw in some more comedy to supplement the gore and whatever was planned, um, it would inevitably, they will be such a different movie if you have like, you know, the, the mother getting decapitated and the dog dying and it's, they're essentially more evil. Whereas in the movie that we get, they're more like, yeah, they're bad, but they're not necessarily evil i'd say with the exception of stripe being more like actually evil the other ones are just mischievous and out to do harm and you know yeah but i think it works as it is i think it would have been awesome to have seen an r-rated gremlins as well i would even support that being made now if you could stick to the style that it's made of from the 80s i wouldn't i'd say avoid cgi it works better as puppets and animatronics for sure but I, I guess I have no gripes with what the product was. I don't necessarily need more out of it. I think for an 80s PG movie, there's plenty it, of dark. It, it goes all it, it goes pretty far, and it I does. think. And I mean, you know me. I love that, that stuff.
1: Yeah, and that's only because right there was no PG 13 rating at the time. So it does when you're thinking about what would be PG today. It's yeah, this would be nothing goes, like this. It certainly goes the limit, I think, and yeah, walks a fine line.
2: Yeah. Uh, think of the blender and the microwave kill. Yeah, kills Jesus. like those are yeah. violence
1: they also know how to cut the phone line i'm sorry i'm thinking about how yeah. smart they are <laughs> like, like like when he's calling yeah. his mom to like warn them about um uh, yeah. and like i was like again you don't really question like how do they know how to do that like nope. are they, how do they know where it is <laughs> but, yeah, they,
2: yeah so they hilarious it's so dumb um, i love it
1: so there are two fan theories about why uh, Gizmo is nice. and oh, okay. The other ones are mean. What do we got? Uh, this one, one <laughs> Okay, this one is like more direct. It says maybe because Gizmo was w- raised by a wise man, the others were <sighs> raised by a foolish child named Billy. Parenting <laughs> for the win. This other one makes more sense. Okay. Uh, uh, not a fan theory, actual backstory. The Magari were designed by an alien scientist to create peace on their planets. The Gremlin mutation was the flaw that led to the project being canned. Gizmo was good because he was made to be good. The rest were the mutations, the apparent flaw in the species, and they actually have a link to a uh, Gremlin's novelization that I guess supports that theory.
2: Okay, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Much more uh, uh, better uh, uh, than I realized there was yeah, to Yeah, yeah. yeah nice I had news. no idea.
1: Uh, but that's really interesting to learn, though, because I was always wondering, like, why did they come out vicious <laughs> like was right. good
2: poor mr hansen oh, yeah. that they take out there too he's just trying to i love there's such a unintentional snickers advertisement when he's like trying to get the he has uh one of the mogwai to study at the school and it yeah yeah eventually you know metamorphosizes and changes into a gremlin and he's trying to feed it a snickers bar and i'm like their caption would be so good here like you're not you when you're hungry
0: and yeah, I yeah, just yeah. find
2: it, it, it's such a hilarious, unintentional Snickers advertiser. And I love that yeah. scene, but, um, yeah, yeah. No, I love so Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> it's, it's all ridiculous.
2: Yeah. Quite <laughs> a few hearkening back to what I'd mentioned about. So Steven Spielberg executive produces this movie, Kathleen Kennedy too. Uh, you'll see her name there in the opening credits She's ah, before she destroyed movie. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, she was, uh, seems like she was everywhere steven spielberg went back in like the 70s and 80s um but there are so many like i said like steven spielberg's fingerprints are all over this movie there's a few like direct references to his material um i think the earliest one that i noticed is like when you get some shots of the town in the beginning i can't remember what the the billboard is showing or saying but you have that like pure indiana jones um yeah. style figure with the hat and even the the font on the billboard yeah. are it's definitely indiana jones so you know reminiscent of somewhere in the movie too is an actual et doll which i have not noticed myself. yeah i was have trying to look that? for it i, I was never trying to see look it. for it i
1: couldn't find it yeah yeah
2: but you do get the line of dialogue you do get a gremlin saying phone home which is really yeah. cool um steven spielberg himself is a cameo in this movie have you picked up on where he is yeah yeah, yeah. Saw, it's pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. if you know what he looks That's like pretty it's pretty cool. obvious but i, I always yeah. look for it it's pretty cool he's just cycling around yeah. on a little tricycle and at a scene when randall's at the like the whatever it is like the inventor's emporium yeah. thing yeah, on yeah. christmas eve of all times of all days <laughs> cool to see steven spielberg actually being there as an executive producer clearly he was involved in the movie which you really can tell uh, yeah. but I've always appreciated this movie for that because it feels like his movie.
1: He has um, like, it's aesthetic. I mean, I guess yeah. like you said with poltergeist, um, except I think with this one, there's no like you know, who stepped in and did what I think Joe Dante. Uh, he took the lead on a right. lot of things. I know. I mean, I know, I guess there is one moment that they wanted it cut. Uh, and that's the Phoebe Kate's story about, um, I guess why she hates Christmas right and uh which is a weird i mean i don't know how, you, how do you feel about that <laughs> um
2: <laughs> I, I i think it lends to the darker tone in the movie i think i'm all, all for all the scenes in this movie that kind of take balance the comedy with the darker stuff and so i think that scene fits and i know where you're going with that that steven spielberg let Joe Dante keep that in there, right? Because he yeah. appreciated that it was his movie and his vision. It's his movie, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think I commend Steve for that. Um, but I, I think it's fine. And actually, oddly enough, that was, I had not seen, I must have seen this movie as a kid because I remember that's the only scene from this movie that I remember oh, like really? anecdotally and until I'd seen it for like the first time again a few years ago. I remember that story about her dad dressed up as Santa coming down the chimney and dying and being missing for days until they light the fire.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I
2: remember that story stuck with me for years and years. So I'm assuming I must've seen this as a kid and that stuck with me. But, um, up until a few years ago, that would have been the only thing I can tell you that I remembered from G- Gremlins other than of course, Gizmo, cause everyone knows Gizmo that's Gizmo. seen this movie, but, um, clearly so I, it's an effective scene. <laughs> I
1: guess it is a reference to an actual urban legend. Uh, sounds like it, but, but they say, uh, Kate reveals in the speech that her father died on Christmas when he dressed as Santa Claus and broke his neck while climbing down the family's chimney. After the film was completed, CEO executives insisted upon its removal because they felt it was too ambiguous as to whether it was supposed to be funny or sad. Dante refused to take the scene out, saying it represented the film as a whole, which had a combination of horrific and comedic elements. And then Spielberg did not like the scene, but did not uh, want to cut it because it you know, is Dante's film and he should be able to leave it in. Uh... I just remember this now reading it. There is a parody of the scene in Rimless 2. They do make fun of it. Um and uh, it's okay. a new match. But uh yeah, so I was like when I was watching today, because I kind of forgot about it. Uh I was like, yeah, that's so one, I always think it's funny when people take the time when there's all this chaos going around to like have these like really emotional monologues and speeches, because it, it, it comes out of nowhere, right? Kind of. Um and but it I guess it works for the movie. I mean the Goes with the tone, I guess, but it does seem like it's like, whoa, like, where'd that come from, girl?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, like completely out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess it still works. and I'm glad they didn't cut it. I guess Hopefully
2: I. It's so in character of Steven Spielberg to not want that in the movie because he's so family oriented. He goes, yeah, wholesome, <laughs> exactly. And you go, that's a little dark, but I think, it, yeah, I think it earns its place in the movie. Um, I love this little bit of trivia too here, though, that um, I guess there were some studio notes that were sent to Joe Dante and Steven Spielberg um, after the first cut of the movie and there were some complaints about how many gremlins were in the movie specifically that there were too many and I love this quote here it says that Spielberg suggested cutting all the gremlins out and calling the movie "People," which is such a funny, <laughs> funny report to that old, criticism. Like, like
1: shady, like small exactly. shade. Of like, of
2: course, you... there's a bunch of gremlins in the movie. It's yeah. called Gremlins. You're gonna I give, I give me a stupid so...
1: note. I'm gonna give you a stupid reaction. <laughs>
2: exactly. <note. laughs> I love that about Steven Spielberg, and he's got <laughs> such a great personality.
1: That's amazing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> I just you're being pissed and just was writing that. Yeah. Eighties like, Spielberg was a- awesome yeah i agree that's hilarious yeah and like and that is i mean no matter what decade i guess every studio had like it was like hey uh we need to change this this is a really dumb like this is not gonna work uh we, we hear that a lot today mm-hmm. <laughs> i guess it was like yeah. that in the 80s too like it's crazy um and as far as the cast of, of humans uh zach galligan was pretty much an unknown at the time that he did the movie um, Amilo Estevez and Judd Nelson also auditioned for his part, but Gallagher mm. won the part because, as they said, when he auditioned with Phoebe Cates, they said uh he's in love with her already. <laughs> so that's why they <laughs> okay. So that's, why they, that's why they cast him, and they were worried about casting her, because she was known for uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is a little bit more racy than Gremlins. Um, right. Uh But uh, they but they liked her chemistry with him and that's how uh they he ultimately got cast too which i think is pretty cool. I, I, I don't know if that's like embarrassing I'm like dude dude loves the girl already. Come <laughs> <Literally> on. Really <laughs> he was smitten
2: with her he, and i think their chemistry smitten. is great. I really like him in this movie and i haven't seen him in anything else. I don't
1: believe. I have only seen him in Gremlins and Gremlins 2 the new batch. Oh, he's in the <laughs> sequel too. Eh? They're they they both are, yeah. Oh. Phoebe Cates is in it too. Uh um, they they bring them both back. Uh I, I don't know if he just like retired after that. But no, he did some like TV and stuff. I was gonna like, say, you have too stuff.
2: much fun filming these movies to give up acting, like, these are really as good as 80s movies get, yeah, in terms of like he fun. did a lot of television,
0: hmm.
1: a lot of television. Uh, but yeah, um, cool that he was virtual, like, brilliant, much unknown, and beat out people like Amelia S.F. and a Judd Nelson were big in the 80s. So the fact that they didn't go with them, right? Went, with, uh, the
2: following year they were in Breakfast Club, both of them, right?
1: Uh, yep, probably the Brat Pack, yep. If infamous group of uh, people that were wow. in John Hughes movies,
2: <laughs> Jonathan banks. I don't know if you'd recognize him from anything. He has a small role as like the deputy that, um, uh, Oh yeah. The company's a sheriff. He is a huge character in the breaking bad universe. So I always like to, it's funny seeing him for the first time in something outside of breaking bad was in this. And I was like, and he's so much younger in this movie than he, his character is in, in breaking bad. So it's, it's funny. But once you get around to seeing that show, you'll be, like, ah, it's Mike. But yeah, no, he's, <laughs> it's cool to see him in this movie too. Jonathan Bang, shout out to him; he's a great actor as well.
1: Um, what are your thoughts on? Uh, well, you know what, I I always feel so good when that old lady gets her comeuppance because she said, so, "Oh my um, god, um, I, I live for that moment."
2: <laughs> um, Mrs. Deagle, of all, I, the Mrs. I, Witch of the Mrs. West. Mrs. Uh,
1: but I'm also like, I was dying laughing today when the do- the dog jumps out uh, and like scares her. Or whatever. Mm. And then she has a very over dramatic reaction to it. She's like, Oh my, my, I have a weak heart. Like I can't be like shocked like that. And then when she goes to leave again, she has like the one more line drop. She's like, Oh my heart. Like it's just very dramatic. It is Uh, so yes. (laughs) So Um, dead on though. But yeah, you, talk about someone that earns that earns that comeuppance. So. Yes,
2: she's made to hate in a very '80s sort of fashion, where like her character is very one-dimensional. Every moment she's get given on screen is designed yep. to make you want to see her fall victim to a gremlin, and that is exactly what happens. And it's one of the highlights of that movie. I think that is one of the funniest parts of the movies to see her launch so far out of the house. I like heard when they hijack her, like stare. Yeah. thing oh, and she thing. Yeah, flies yeah. up at like a roller coaster and launches out the window is, is i live for that moment in this movie she sucks and i love how she goes out it's great <laughs> like, funny too a little uh i guess it's better <laughs> writing for her character than you'd think that she deserved but all her she's an, uh, i guess shown in that one sequence right before her demise to be a cat lover and she all yeah. the different cats that she names in that scene are all named after different sorts of currency, which is funny because she's you also see her at the bank. Her money is yeah. a big part of, of her character. Carve, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah that was a funny it, yeah. detail.
1: But yeah, I was yeah I always like get immense joy
2: seeing <laughs> of, all her, the, yes. of all the
1: people they target. Uh yeah. Them be her being the most there's uh, not too many disturbing.
2: deaths in this movie other than the gremlins themselves, but she oh is... yeah
1: other than the gremlins themselves, yeah yeah for sure. Um i always marvel at how chaotic that whole bar scene looks uh right with them and because it i don't know i mean i always appreciate how organized chaos is filmed and that just looks like it probably took forever <laughs> to, to do um i also love that she's still trying to work and serve them she's actually of. serving them like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, beers yeah. and stuff Beer. yeah 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 and, like, yeah. she's trying to light the one cigarette and it keeps, like, moving away from her. And she's like, <laughs> fuck this. Yeah. And, and, like, and then she realizes, like, the whole light thing and, like, gets to polaroid camera. And I just love that she basically, like, <laughs> is taking them out like she's shooting them, basically. Right.
0: Uh,
2: i of course, like,
0: yeah.
1: Stripe realizes what she's doing. It's like, what? <laughs> like, he gets, like, kind of the hell
0: out of there. But, yeah, I love,
2: like, the, the different sort of, like, tropes that the different gremlins embody and like, certain scenes, like, particularly in that bar scene. You got, like, the whole, like poker table gremlins that are, like, all dressed as, like, tough guys and stripes, like, I think yeah. somebody wins how the do poker they know hand and just shoots him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just so wonderfully dumb. It's hilarious. But, like, it's, shoots, shoots one that, like, wins the poker hand. Like, that is just top tier for me. I love that And scene. then there's
1: that one that's, like, annoying, like, clearly, like, the jazzy gremlin, yeah. the one that's, like, into the music <laughs> yeah. or whatever, and they he just, like, hits him over the head. Yeah. <laughs> uh Yeah, they all have little personalities, but... They don't yeah. explain where they come from, yeah. Exactly. I, yeah, I kept doing that today. I was like, How do they know how to play poker? Or whatever. I guess we don't need to explain it.
2: <laughs> no, exactly. It's funny, yeah, you're it's, not knowing it's fine how they, they do. know anything, it's just hilarious.
1: Um, also interesting since Gizmo so cute, Gizmo was supposed to transform into Stripe the Gremlin, mm, yes. uh, but Spiel- spielberg overruled that plot element as he felt Gizmo was cute and that audiences would want him to be present throughout the film, so he vetoed that one um which i think is a good idea
2: because <laughs> i think it's I, a good that, would have, idea too. that would have been sad actually to be like oh man you
1: need, um, i think you need one to count one good one to kind counter, of exactly plethora of awful ones
2: and i think it was spielberg's idea as well to have gizmo ultimately be the one that undoes stripe by right. yanking the curtain down and getting the sunlight on him which is yeah i think a cool because he also uh, so he doesn't like him too. All.
1: Yeah, doesn't yeah. like Gizmo at all, calls him Gizmo Kaka. I think you hear that a few yes. times. <laughs>
2: yeah. That is funny. Stripe's dialogue uh, is honestly hilarious. Just I mean, he like looks at the department store and sees some candy and he just goes, yum, yummy. yum. yum find that, <laughs> that's so simple, but so funny. I also
1: love his like look of disbelief when the movie theater blows up because he's like he's been in like the store grabbing candy. Yeah. And he just comes out with like a handful of it. He's like, Oh what the heck? happened? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. i also love how you're like yo what's the easiest way to take out that many because it has spawned so many at this point because uh stripe like jumps in the water and of course creates even more of them right that spreads across the entire town and i just love like they're like hey just blow them all up yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the movie theater it's like uh, a
2: <laughs> glorious bastard style
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and i love that and i love that um i also love that they had to probably they had to get permission to uh from dizzy to show Snow White in the movie, I would imagine. Right. Uh, yes. So, like, I just wonder if they're like, "Hey, like, this is what the movie is. Can we, can we show some? Can of they Snow say White hi, now?
2: ho
1: <laughs> Yeah. And I'm guessing they're like, "Yo, yeah, Spielberg's involved. We won't question. Right. What this movie is. I, I think if they were like really del- dived into it, they were like, "Yo, what, what do we lend our, you know, right. children's animated film to? You know. Um but yeah, they also learn how to sing along to the songs. The yeah. songs too. And I just love how they he's She's like, What are they doing? And they're like, They're watching Snow, Snow White. White. <laughs> <laughs> and they're singing. Yeah, and,
2: wonderfully hilarious.
1: And, you know, they're not up to anything dire at that point. They're just enjoying the movie. Mm. Shows that they well, have- I'm
2: wondering, would Snow White have been, what do you call it when something enters like the pu- public domain? Oh,
1: public domain. Oh, it probably could have been. So Maybe they even. Been? Yeah, maybe they did not even that. It's uh, from like for
2: 37 or something like yeah. that. It's old enough, I'm thinking maybe that could have been the case too. Just cheap to show, maybe not.
1: No, that could no, that could very well be right. Because yeah. I was like, I was like, I can't imagine them being like, no, <laughs> like why would you? We can't. You're not using our
2: uh, our <laughs> Screw movie, you, Disney. This. yeah. Um,
1: uh, and I also uh, thought it was interesting too. Like, I always think that's Howie Mandel is such a big. Name now. I mean, he over time, you know, he's on American right. Talent and stuff now, and he's been a comedian for a really long time. Every time I hear that he did the voice of Gizmo, I'm always like, because it does, there's not a lot there. No. Uh, I mean, there, but like, but it's <laughs> always interesting that he, I guess, he put a lot of thought into how he would sound and uh, okay. the emotion behind how he would talk. But even though there's not like a ton of like, there's no extensive dialogue, there's just like one or two like lines here and there where he just says something really cute and adorable. It's the same thing with all the gremlins, like they, they don't have like extensive lines of dialogue, but they right. actually got like actual voice actors to really kind of bring them to life, basically. Even though um, there isn't a ton of voice work that right? really go around.
2: Howie Mandel was only twenty nine, or maybe twenty-eight, depending on when it was filmed, but when the movie came out, yeah, he wasn't that's kind of interesting gig for him at that time because I yeah. don't know what else he was doing back then. I don't I actually didn't even know howie Mandel was. I only know him from uh, america's got talent but pretty cool that yeah he was a voice of gizmo uh his voice gizmo frank welker is
1: the voice of stripe and frank welker is known for doing the voice of fred jones on uh part of the scooby-doo franchise oh cool uh he also voiced baby kermit on the original muppet babies uh he's done a ton of voice work um over time uh 77 years old still alive still kicking it nice um And they said um, it was Welker who suggested Mandel perform in Gremlins. Uh, They said the puppets' lines were mostly invented by the voice actors based on cues from the physical actions of the puppets, which were filmed before the voice work. Uh, When developing the voice for Gizmo, Mandel explained Gizmo was cute and naive, so, you know, I got in touch with that. I couldn't envision going any other way or doing something different with it. And then uh, other Gremlin voices were Michael Winslow and Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen also had done; he's uh, Optimus Prime, Transformers.
2: Ah, there so we go. I knew, um, I knew that name. Uh, uh but
1: other uh, voices were Bob Bergen, Fred Newman, uh, Mark Dotson, Bob Holt, and Michael Sheehan. So there yeah, are a lot of people just contributed to those random Gremlins voices in the movie. Uh, it's just so weird to think, because like when you think of voice acting, like there, there seems like there's just more involved and there's not like extensive lines for any of them that that they don't have like big lines of dialogue in it right uh uh but in the case of gizmo even the few of the lines i guess gives him a lot a little personality mm-hmm. uh like I like when they do the whole thing with the camera with the light and he just all he just mentions it just says light light this right. <laughs> is a really, like, song <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, uh, yeah. even his uh, the, the noises
2: one... <laughs> and mannerisms are adorable
1: and then' his little like freaking song. Or whatever their song, the little humming thing that he does. That's
2: uh oh, true. Yeah, really, he literally sings, things, yeah. he
1: sings, sings. Yeah, that's also uh, actually Ooh. use it on our story for Instagram because they actually have it on Instagram for some reason. Oh, okay, <laughs> it's, it's part, of the, part of the soundtrack. Um, but yeah, like, it's really interesting voice work, but it does a lot to bring them to mm. life. And they all, I mean, to go along with how, like you said, the animatronics are just amazing. I, I think if they did make this today, they would try to use so much. CGI, CGI
2: went, of course it would. Yeah, just easier that way, but even though this looks
1: ten times better uh
2: practical definitely.
1: with animatronics,
2: 100%. I don't know about you, but I think another thing that I I love about this movie that adds to the charm is that it really it, I was a huge Goosebumps fan growing up and this seems to me like something that was pulled right from that catalog of books yeah. and the series. Like it's just it's such a childish yet also dark sort of story that fits like right in line with that series of books Dude, how
1: how long was goosebumps around because i i when Ooh. i was a kid goosebumps i collected those as a so kid so did i i still have and, them all my parents and you and i are like them. far removed in age uh so i'm like i was like when is God, i did even know how long they went on
2: they were still being published when i was a kid it was granted they were like the new edition so like some was, of the artwork was a little bit different but i okay. still have the uh, entire original run of 62 books, I have every single one. I will never get rid of them. I love Goosebumps. Those were yeah, my first books. My mom
1: threw my out.
2: were like, I was like, what the hell? They're like, so they, iconic. I love them like so much. They not even take
1: up space in, like in anywhere no. in
2: your life. <laughs> <Like>, no. <Nope. laughs> they're still in a chest down in my parents' basement. But
0: like, oh. I
2: this movie to me feels something that like RL Stein would have written. And even like the, the poster of it, the one that's on IMDb anyway, seems like right I love that, that. I love that
1: poster. That poster yeah. So, I love yeah. The,
2: the alternate one or I don't, it's the one that's on my DVD case of Gizmo and the yeah, shadows yeah, of the Gremlin. Oh, Gremlin. Yeah, yeah. So cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I, yeah. And that, that kind of goes like with kind of the ambiguity of the marketing that poster that's on IMDb because it doesn't, that doesn't really show you Ah, anything true. anything it's kind a of like tease. little terrorizing and it. it's just this little thing that's yeah like what's like uh like the tagline what's it say on it what you uh, see isn't necessarily what you get yeah, or something like that yeah or and then on the, ori- a- the one on the original co- co- uh oh i guess they kind of insinuate on the original poster cute clever mischievous intelligent dangerous right but they don't, but they don't show them looking gross so you just see little no. uh Little Maguire hands coming out
2: of a box. <laughs> also, if you look at Gremlin or Gremlins, if you look at uh, Gizmo's hands, he basically has like human fingers, but just three of them. <laughs> <left. And that's, laughs> yes, it's so yeah. off-putting but hilarious. But yeah, yeah. For visual reference, yeah, that I think is such a clever, like poster, and I love it so much. Um, I have a little yeah. metal poster too of Gremlins too that I picked up at like a uh, a market sort of thing. It's really really slick. It's different than the cover of the know. movie, but it's really cool.
1: Uh Gremlins to the New Batch had two posters that were very much more direct. Like that you, you saw like the actual right. Gremlin on the poster. So they kind of yeah. went in all in on like, well, you already know what it is now. So we're not gonna yeah, try to yeah. try,
2: yeah. try to hide it
1: uh, at all. Um but yeah, I, I love I, I, you can't I, I think it's hard to be that ambiguous with your marketing now. I mean, there's some movies that pull it off, but uh like I think like Cloverfield, they they are able to like kind of hide what that was right. For, a really long time and I think more movies should really do that. I know it's a tough sell sometimes, like because some people are like, Well, I don't know what that is, so I'm not gonna see it. Or there's other groups of people who are like, I'm intrigued by what that might be, so I, I'm gonna go see it. Right. Um, but I, I get it being a tougher sell, and not being more direct. And then you also have to deal with like potential backlash if you're trying to market it
2: something as and market it.
1: that's like, oh, this is kids' movie, and they're like, Oh no, it's not.
2: <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, you might get in trouble these days, but yeah, I love that. I would it's have awesome. loved to have seen this at theaters. It would have been hilarious.
1: Oh, God, the like level of complaining that you would hear if, like today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> definitely, it definitely like, seems like something that we wouldn't get. Obviously, because you know the the visuals of the '80s and the sentiments and whatnot, but it just feels like the story feels like something we haven't seen in a long time.
1: Well, it's also the stuff. The more graphic stuff happens to the gremlins themselves, and not so much like right. Uh, there's not a lot of bloodletting with the uh, humans uh, at right. all. It, yeah. it, the the grotesque stuff you're seeing is like it's uh, transformation stuff. Is when they end up getting hurt or killed. Um, Stripe in particular uh, has a pretty grues- <laughs> gruesome. Uh, that is melts awesome away, death.
2: <laughs> awesome effects work right there. Honestly, it reminded me of that scene at the end of Child's Play.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then you get that one little nasty jump scare when he walks up to the fountain and he, like kind of comes out all skeletal and
2: yeah, super um, cool.
1: Hey, you know what? I think if that movie ended today, they probably would have been like they would have insinuated that maybe one of those things on its back was able to grow, and like there's one left over. Right. They probably would. They probably would have ended it on a sequel button. Um, certainly. This movie does not end things on a sequel button. Surprisingly, uh, other than the fact that like, hey, you know, whenever you're ready, you know, Maguire will be waiting for you. I think it's so sad that he takes him away. I mean, it was. I know. I mean, I guess it was Billy's fault. Or, no i already just blame cory feldman for I suppose. All yeah but then again
2: um, it's his responsibility and clearly gizmo
1: likes billy and he wants to say one thing to him before he yeah
2: that's just bye billy, bye, billy. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like, it reminds wow. me of, like the narwhal and elf
1: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like delivered just as cutely yeah yeah yeah
1: uh but yeah, that kind of bothered me today. I was like, "Why can't you keep him?" I, I know
2: like, it, it was sad to and me. Mr. Wing well. was like,
1: "I gave you, basically gave you rules, and you didn't follow them, and look yeah. what happened." Like,
2: can't argue the logic.
1: And, uh it didn't happen in your town, though, Mr. Wing. Like, you yeah. were fine, <laughs> <laughs> <That's>
0: <laughs>
2: and right.
1: like, it, and we took care of it. Now there's only one, and he's good. Yeah. So, so why are we even worried about it? Um, what? Uh, your thoughts? What was the thought process releasing this in June rather than? Closer to Christmas.
2: Ah, uh, I also came
1: out the same weekend as Ghostbusters.
2: Yeah, saw that also too. Crazy. Yes, that's pretty neat. Um, I feel like they would be. I feel like that's the Barbenheimer of their day. <laughs> yeah, for certainly of like um sci-fi sort of like monster movies. I I think if anything, those would be like there'd be a. I think it's an interesting time to release both of those movies at the same time. I feel like they'd be vying for each other's audiences at the same time, and. Be curious to see which one did better. I know and that- they're
0: both
1: Ghostbusters did better, but it wasn't. But the fact that uh, Gremlins did as well as it did against Ghostbusters, right. I guess, is a testament of like during that time, it was probably easier for movies like this to coexist a little yeah. bit without kind of uh drowning each other out. Mm. Um, they said I- on opening weekend that uh, Gremlins had a 12.5 million opening weekend. And that was 1.1 million less than Ghostbusters in its opening weekend. Oh, that's yeah, crazy! Okay, that that was, that was like 12.5 million. Like
2: whoa. <laughs> um, I have no they idea have like what the 90 logic million. Is.
1: <laughs> yeah, opening weekends out.
2: I guess. It's yeah, I, I mean, weekend? maybe people were at the beach. Back I mean, in it does have. A,
1: it does have like I guess it does have a vibe of a summer like event movie, but like it. I don't know. It's so heavily Christmas is so heavily like using it. Like I yeah, still thought it was I'm weird like, that it, like. The, it didn't even make it to Christmas, it, like close up shop it, on the river theatrically.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking, like, if yeah. not releasing it at Christmas, what's the backup? And to me, October feels like a more natural release window than June. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see why June was picked. I don't know if it was like maybe there was some sort of like release uh schedule mix up, like something had to be shuffled around and it fell on Gremlins to be the summer release. What was it, Warner Brothers movie? I
1: think? Uh, let me see.
2: I guess I have my, yeah, yeah, I have it right here on the DVD, on the D V D.
1: Yeah, Warner Brothers um, back when they were cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. Long time. <laughs> back when
1: they were cool. But I don't know.
2: A long what, time. I would like to know though. I'm sure it's documented somewhere, but I couldn't tell you why. But I think this movie would have probably been enhanced seeing it in an environment like is depicted in the movie, like with some snow around you around the holidays. That's how I like to yeah. do it. Um, yeah, definitely. Like i'm not watching this movie in like may but not at all if you are good for you i it just to me it, it resonates so much more as a holiday movie
1: hmm. yeah i think so too uh, yeah and it's <laughs> i just look, i was trying to figure if there was anything and this one person just wrote netflix recommended Christmas for me when i was searching for christmas movies why <laughs>
2: <laughs> Cause like, cause like,
1: not what we like, don't, don't know anything about it i mean that would be uh uh it be off-putting,
2: but I'm, I'm guessing
1: if I—I I mean, if I had to guess, it probably it does have the vibe of a. But Ghostbusters would be like another one that would seem like a better October one rather than. Yeah, like there—that too. Summer. That I didn't even think
2: about that. That's even weirder, honest Somehow. Ah, oh, here's that's a crazy um i googled uh what month or why was gremlins release in june there's no like concrete answer but one of the uh more results questions that somebody else must have asked was is yeah. gremlins okay for a seven-year-old <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is at least 10 at least ten. <laughs> yeah uh, and then was, that that, was, that kitchen yep. scene is mentioned as uh, a a reason um for
1: being uh too scary for children
2: yeah i think uh the Microwave and blender kills in particular are a little bit gruesome for the younger audiences. I remember thinking, like I guess the the blood is green, but you very much can imagine I mean, what's going on. But that. there's
1: also the noise and the uh yeah, you're watching the feet spin, like yeah. the...
2: <laughs> it is uh, comical though.
1: That's so crazy that they were gonna kill the mom, like
2: cut off. I know, and the manner <laughs> in which they were gonna do it too is
1: and kill a dog.
2: I wonder if that was also Joe Dante. I mean, Joe Dante earlier had done The Howling, which is a pretty graphic werewolf movie. So yeah. clearly he was a, somewhat of a horror guy. I'm sure that was his idea. Or, well, Chris yeah. Columbus wrote it. I wonder if that was maybe in one of the earlier drafts. Oh, too. darker
1: versions for him? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's interesting. Uh, I, speaking on the trailer uh, for the movie, they said... Uh, the the trailer introduced the film to audiences by briefly explaining that Billy receives a strange creature as a Christmas present by going over the three rules and then coming out with the fact that the creatures transform into terrible monsters, but they did not show the monsters. The trailer showed very little of either Mogwai or the Gremlins. Uh, Hmm. In contrast to this, other advertising concentrated on Gizmo at closer to the film's release and overlooked the Gremlins entirely. They wanted the film to look similar to Spielberg's earlier family film, E.T., the extraterrestrial... So that's what they were going for in the in the marketing uh and use Gizmo as a focus of it.
2: I don't blame them for using Gizmo. He is a prime marketing tool. He feels like the 80s version of um Baby Yoda. You know what I mean? Yeah, like just designed to be marketed to kids.
1: And uh, like us, many critics questioned the summer release date of the film in America as the film takes place during a Christmas holiday season, causing them to comment that it should have had a Christmas release date instead. You know what? Also, I mean, this is also me spitballing. I think there'd be even more complaints if this came out during the Christmas. Perhaps. Because it probably would have been pushed even more as a family holiday movie. And that would have been uh, an even bigger bait and switch.
2: Well that's why I think October works cuz it's still in the lead up to Christmas. You would have had that movie in theaters at Christmas time although it had been released a few months earlier so those that missed it could decide if they wanted to go see it at Christmas time yeah. knowing a little bit more from word of mouth what the movie was really all about. And then it also fits in that like October release with like horror movies cuz it is a horror comedy at heart. Yeah. But I'm sure there is a reason out there but it's beyond me
1: yeah we weren't we weren't water brothers execs in 1984 i was even born exactly. yet either jackson definitely wasn't no definitely. <laughs> no. no you uh, were still so, a few
2: months out that's so right a few
1: months out yeah. yeah um uh and then they uh yes the complaints about the violence was uh particularly present in people who had brought their children to see the film many of whom walked out the theater before the film had ended dante admitted to reporters that later that the idea of taking a four-year-old to see is thinking it's going to be a cuddly, funny animal movie, and then seeing that it turns into a horror picture, I think people were upset. They felt like they had been sold something family-friendly, and it wasn't entirely family-friendly.
2: You know what's funny? (laughs) It's it's pretty late, like, not late, but pretty well into the movie uh, by the time any real violence or shady stuff occurs, so I feel like as a, a parent with a kid at that theater, you probably made it 40 minutes into that movie before anything yeah you're suspect right happens
1: because even like i think even once you see gizmo get wet and they multiply they right. look like him they, they they look meaner than him but they still look like him right so not that's still to get out yet that's still right. fine yeah you're right you're you're deep into it you're invested time, like, <laughs> at that time
2: you <laughs> the do time you upset your child by yanking them out of the theater or do you risk what's going to be shown afterwards
1: yeah, it, it takes a turn too late, and you're like, uh, mm-hmm. I guess you're gay you have to gauge how your like kid responds to it. You. If your kid's like into it, you're like, all right, well, cool. And yeah. Then if starts crying, then
2: yeah, then maybe. <laughs> you
1: yeah. know, I think that is why it's probably good that Spielberg was very adamant that they didn't transform Gizmo, because at least like if you are a kid and like this is that p- certain parts of it that are scary, you still have this like other cute thing that uh, ends up being right. heroic in the end too. And they're like, oh, like i'm sure that everyone wanted some kind of gizmo doll when they were a kid right. <laughs> when, this, when this movie came out i imagine the merchandising on this movie was insane uh at least for gizmo i don't know if you want like a stripe <laughs>
2: action figure but, but uh, the weird kid down the street probably had a stripe,
1: stripe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I, but i think you definitely want like a gizmo like yeah. doll or something when you i'd be curious to home.
2: see in an alternate timeline, how the the Furbies would have sold if Gizmo had it turned into Stripe. It, I doubt yeah, many kids uh, would want want one of those in their bedroom at night. Uh, Actually, in general, I wouldn't want a Furby in my room at night. They're creepy looking too, they with have, their like, big real eyes. Clicky, they have real clicky yeah. eyes too. Like they're like, <laughs> <"Yeah>, uh, <that's laughs> they're so strange
1: The things that are made for kids, uh, you know, past me being one, i just like, I don't...
2: Get it why is that uh, yeah I, I never
1: understood that I never understood like Dolls. I don't know if you were uh gigapets I don't know if you know what like gigapets Giga pets were but like there was I, I like know of uh, them
2: but I can't remember what they look like
1: like it was just a little like uh almost like a little like machine almost like a video game almost and you were taking care of this like pet that you played you like you had to wake up and feed it right and all that okay. stuff and it you were basically taught it was supposed to teach kids how to like take care of something like on right. a schedule and all that. So it would if you didn't feed it, it would like die in the middle of the night, and like you would wake <laughs> up to like of a course it's just gigapet. a video, uh, but it's a video screen, but like it's still like your Giga Pet would be dead, and right. like so we had some, <laughs> yeah some people believed in that lesson of being taught that early, and other people were like that's kind of a dark lesson to learn when you're.
2: Yeah, well you gotta learn it somewhere <laughs> there, uh, we, so we had a similar thing i think Gigapets were probably still around but the popular version when i was growing up were called tamagotchis I oh, remember geez, every, yeah. everyone so, had one of those so
1: i could never tell if like if one came first and one was a knockoff or they were just like because they were this i remember that too and yeah I okay, do you? know. okay yeah 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 um I'm I, guessing
2: I, gigapets were first if I were to Yeah, I'm yeah. just
1: like I'm like, that's disturbing. So like if I happen to like <laughs> knock out before feeding this fake thing and it dies, yeah, like how it ba- died a bad of
2: starvation.
1: Parrot. I'm a bad <laughs> parent. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> uh, Important yeah.
2: lesson to learn.
1: Uh but yeah, I I would have if I was like old, like young enough, uh, like when the movie came out, when Grimms came out, I would have I would have wanted a gizmo. Like, oh, if, if hell I was, like, yeah! If I, like, I would have wanted a Gizmo. I would have like, with a
2: gizmo. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. He's cute, cuddly. Um, yep, yeah, and heroic, cool. and heroic, and it would protect you. He has a really
1: nice. fun heroic scene in uh, the second one that is like a play on Rambo. That's like actually really funny.
2: Okay, I gotta uh, see this. It actually yeah, sounds yeah. worthwhile.
1: You know I'm gonna drop you know, what? I'm gonna drop box you a bunch of stuff tonight. Just be like, yo, Please. watch at your leisure. Is Crimson
2: <laughs> uh, <is laughs> 2 at all take place around Christmas or is it completely
1: different? no? No, it's like very, it's an LA movie through and through. Uh, because oh. it, 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 it deals with like the industry and all that stuff. So it's really funny. Uh, okay. I mean, like, if you're going into it thinking it's gonna be like this, you might be a little disappointed, well, but like, I'm once you glad kinda,
2: to know that now.
1: Yeah, once you go into it knowing that it's kind of like it's a lot, it got it's a lot more satire and like stuff like that. Okay. Um, and kind of toys with different aspects of the industry. Like, it works on that level once you accept it for what it is. I think that's why over time it's grown into like a cult favorite. But it definitely didn't make as much money because I think right. people were expecting this and like it. It's, I, it I? A lot of people that review it now say it was ahead of its time.
2: Oh, Okay, I, that's usually yeah. a good yeah. thing to say about a movie. Um. I see Chris Columbus also co-wrote. Joe Dante came back to direct. That's great. Looks like he co-directed. They
1: got, and they got the principal cast, or at least the uh, two leads.
2: Dude, Christopher Lee is in this movie, and his name is Dr. Catherine. <laughs> yep. What? Okay, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Huh.
1: Yeah, it really kind of makes fun of the industry and stuff, too. And yeah, it's
2: fun. I'm I love movies it. about the industry, especially the satirical ones, so yeah. sign me up. I'd watch the hell out of Gremlins, too. That's great. Um,
1: yeah, it yeah, but it is different. Just so you'll go in knowing that, but it's definitely funny though. And they end up, and the gremlins have like a ton of different personalities. Like some of them make fun of, like, you'll kind of notice like this Hollywood stuff they make fun of. Okay. Like, uh and with some of them like they're pretty on the nose. Um, but yeah, they really went all out on just making them uh giving them more uh personality and uh not you know. I guess once you kind of know the universe, it, you can just kind of toy around with things a bit more. Right. And uh, I kind of wish, like, I do wish people accepted it more when it came out, because uh, there's that, I know, like, there was initial disappointment from when, when they made it, and it didn't, wasn't as well received. Um, it's interesting when directors say, like, they like will make a movie, it doesn't do well, and they're like, oh, well, that was that, and then, like, find out years later that, like, it's mm. found this new life, and they're like, oh, wow, like, I kind of let it go <laughs> like you know back in 1990 right. <laughs> and now it's like now it's this like brand new thing again which is oh pretty cool though really enjoyed it i think you i'm just it.
2: realizing now that this movie's gonna be 40 next year yeah jesus that's insane gross <laughs> yeah it's crazy and like just thinking of like how well it's aged i think is like pretty tremendous too how great it looks still yeah is quite impressive like this movie doesn't look like that at all
1: uh yeah it is it's interesting because it it does. i mean it does feel distinctly 80s right of its time but then yeah the effects and everything are feel very much ahead of its time and like it and the fact that they all feel very realistic Mm. and uh i mean like i I wish more people looked at movies like this and the thing child's play anything that use like practical effects and be like yo this looks so much better than use those as an example yeah. They, yeah, yeah yeah
2: you don't date yourself as much with um uh, practical effects than you do with cgi you really are limiting yourself to the time period that you're depicting or that your movie's made in i feel like when you're using visual effects like you like computer generated ones obviously you can yeah. tell you know it's an 80s movie but just looks so much better but uh no i i completely agree
1: and just a testament of how big 84 was, this was the fourth highest grossing film of 1984 behind Beverly wow. Hills Cop, Beverly Hills Cop, Ghostbusters, and Indiana Jones and the Tibble of Doom. Uh, God, we're talking about 1999. I think 84 was a pretty good year for uh <laughs> for movies, <laughs> So then.
2: while we're on the topic of it, I was going to mention it or th- throw this out earlier, and I don't know if this has come up before, but while we were talking about this is the same year that the PG-13 rating was established, and uh, I was curious if you knew what the first PG-13 rated movie was. I don't. Do you, you have it? Oh, yeah. It's It was the first – Uh oh. the original Red Dawn was the first movie to have the PG-13 Oh, really? Rating. That's, a, that's a fun movie. That's a fun yeah, movie. Yeah. I've never seen yeah. – I actually like the remake, but then again, I haven't seen the first one, so I don't know how they stack up. I'm going to guess probably poorly, but I really I – we should bookmark that to cover for – Yeah,
1: that would be cool because I, I I saw the remake when it came out. I don't remember – I don't remember hating it, but it's it a bad side. I don't remember much from it. Um, but uh, I just remember Chris Hemsworth in it. Uh, there's yep, that, that's right, uh, yeah,
2: like a pre Thor or just after Thor, I yeah, was 2012.
1: Uh, and I know the original Patrick Swayze and uh, yes. Jennifer Jennifer Beals is also in it. They did not get along while filming that movie at all. And they yeah, they doing did Dirty, dirty dancing, dancing, right? Yeah, dancing. yeah. <laughs> and, and they didn't get along a lot initially in the beginning. I guess by the end of it, they were fine. I just love all these, like, especially something like Dirty Dancing, where these, like, there's this chemistry, and you're supposed to be sold on that. And then right. to find out that they hated each other. It was like that with a notebook. Like Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling get along. No, don't but tell they, me that. Don't ruin whoa. Well, they end up, well, 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 up dating afterwards. So oh, it turned into, okay. It turned into something.
2: I didn't know that they didn't get along because their chemistry feels so natural. I love the notebook.
1: Um, So I think the issue was he's a little bit more loose filming wise and she is more serious. Oh, and so they got okay. in a lot of conflicts about that. And then Nick Cassavetes, who directed it, was kind of just always like playing mediator. But then he was uh, like, "Well, whatever this is, it's creating something. There's spark, right? For sure. I almost broke your heart. I did not. Did you like, were you a big fan of the Notebook?
2: <laughs> I love the Notebook. Honestly, like I think that is a fantastic dra- drama. Call. No, no. I have a it's feeling you must like it too.
1: No, it's good. Uh, I, I I've only liked two movies based on Nicholas Sparks books. It's What's the other one, one? A Walk to Remember. I think is really. Okay. Too. I it haven't came really out, seen
2: uh, a lot of his adaptations. Came out a couple
1: years. Well, maybe uh maybe two or three years before the notebook. Uh Mandy Moore's in it in Shane West. It's actually
2: Yeah. Uh that's the one where she has like a an illness like, at a high school.
1: She has leukemia right. and she's, like, Uber Christian. He's like bad boy. Right. And right, then right. like and then they fall in love and then she's like oh, I'm dying yeah. <laughs> and like it, yeah, God not, he could yeah. write
2: a teen romance movie or b- novel that Nicholas write, sparks. I,
1: I saw that movie. Um, this is like, God, when did it come out? Did it come out in oh3 It might have been either right after high school when it came out. Okay. But I saw it with a with a girl I was seeing at the time, and uh, it gets like halfway through it, and like she's into it, but then she looks at me, and she's just like, "Are you crying?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like,
2: oh. I'm not "Crying?" <laughs> like eyes are legit,
1: Like legit, teared up. I was like, uh, "I was like, no, I don't, I don't know. I'm tired. I'm just really." tired. His
2: movies have that <laughs> impact. I'm one of those people that, like, honestly, I don't find the ending of the notebook sad. I find it, like, wholesome. Like, that's the ending I want for these characters. But everyone I know is, like, so devastated. I can see
1: why it's sad, but I also get what you're saying. Because it's like, like,
2: what better way for them to go out? That is exactly what they want. They end
1: up together. Yes. That is a happy ending. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I love. Sorry about that segue from from (laughs) Gremlins. Hard turn from Gremlins. Hard turn. Um. Uh, Speaking of critical responses, Roger Ebert liked the movie. He nice. gave it three out of four stars, and he My declared Raj. it to not only be fun, but also a sly series of send-ups effectively parodying many elemental film storylines. In his opinion, Grimlas did this partly through depictions of Mysterious Worlds, The Shop in Chinatown, and that tyrannical elderly yeah. women, Mrs. Deagle. Yeah. Ebert also believed the rule in which a Mogwai cannot eat after midnight was inspired by fairy tales and that the final scenes parody classic horror films he connected Kate's speech about her father with the great tradition of 1950s sick jokes. Uh, sure. Gene Cisco, his partner in crime, liked it even more. gave it three and a half out of four stars, called it weakly funny and slightly and a slightly sick ride <laughs> and a most original work. Uh, we're aware every moment that someone is trying to entertain us. Playfulness abounds. Uh, they Malton disapproved of the film and his view was made clear in remarks he made on the television show entertainment tonight. He called the film icky and gross. Well, yeah. he later, it yeah, gross it's, not, it's not clean. Uh, right. he later wrote that despite being set in a picture postcard town and blending the feel of it's a wonderful life, a clipper <sighs> which appears in gremlins with that of the blob, the film is negated by two vivid violence and mayhem, giving the film two out of four stars. Uh, Oddly enough, Malton later made a cameo appearance in Grimless to the New batch, repeating his criticisms <laughs> of the original film as an in-joke before being throttled by the creatures. He later gave the second film a more positive rating, three out of four stars.
2: Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I see where this parody is coming in. That is yeah, yeah. hilarious. Yes, please dropbox me that.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but yeah, by that, a, lot of, a lot of critics don't understand Kate's speech. They think it's out of place. And uh, Interesting.
2: I've never maybe... I'm biased because I remembered it from my childhood and it's always stuck with me, but I never, never felt that way.
1: Um, There are people
2: that think of these deeper
1: meanings. Uh, Scholar Charlotte Miller uh, interpreted all of these things, the death scenes case speech and grim and gremlins gluttony uh, as a satire of some characteristics of Western civilization, suggesting that Westerners may take too much satisfaction from violence Gremlins can also be interpreted as a statement against technology in that some characters, such as Billy's father, are overly dependent on it. In contrast, Mr. Wing is shown to have a strong distaste for television. Kirkpatrick Sale also interpreted Gremlins as an anti-technology film in his book, Rebels Mm -hmm. Against the Future. Another scholar suggested that the film is meant to express a number of observations of society by having the Gremlin characters shift in what they are meant to represent. At different times, they are depicted as teenagers. The wealthy establishment are fans of Disney films. <laughs> okay. I, you know, so yeah. Another scholar drew a connection between the microwave scene and urban legends about pets dying in microwave ovens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He described the portrayal of this urban legend in the film as successful, but that but that meant it seemed terrible. Mm. This is indeed a scene that is thought of as being one of the film's most violent depictions, with even Roger Ebert expressing some fear in his review that the film might encourage children to oh, try boy. to microwave their pets
2: Okay, Roger, <laughs> let's not get carried away here. I doubt that ever happened, but um in keeping what? with that, I think if there's any, like if I were to get a little bit like um academic on what I think some of the some themes or what is kind of being said with this movie i've always found that there's and i've not really gone too far into this but i've always thought there was a theme or a relation with um like westerners curiosity about like foreign mythology and like gizmo coming from like a chinese man's shop and sort of not being taken seriously and sort of being viewed as whimsical and not taken very seriously i've always thought there was cool implications that are mirrored in real life with that sort of theme too that i've always yeah. admired too and then of course n- everything's nice and fixed and neatly bow wrapped by the end of it but rarely is that usually the case but
0: yeah
1: i see that hmm. i also think it's really interesting that um <laughs> the the things that they indulge in uh, uh once they turn evil are you know yeah you have know, the you know they drink they smoke they want to fire off guns and it's just and they get super they they get destructive
2: that's um, a good point yeah uh
1: i guess it's trying to i i could say that it's trying to show you like what can happen when like you know there's all your kind of inhibitions are allowed to like kind of run wild uh, i guess that's uh, a great point point. and you know bringing <clears throat> out the worst and uh these scenes can't bring out the worst in you i guess right uh i mean that's i it's so interesting to think that you know I don't know if so many people think this deeply about gremlins, (laughs) but, but but there could be, but there should be, there could be some stuff in there that, uh, Mm -hmm.
2: like any, like all art, like it, it, any viewer can extrapolate whatever they see in a movie or a painting or whatever, have you, whatever's in front of you. So there's no right or wrong answer. It is what you uh, interpret it to be. And which is the beauty of it. Um, Whether there's an objective, meaning behind these things is another story (laughs) but (laughs) i always like to envision with at least in the case with most movies that the artists whether it be the writer the director or both uh are at least drawing on stuff that they know or that they're conceptualizing in their mind so i feel like most of what we see is inspired by something but the beauty is that you get to interpret that to be whatever you like most times but yeah
1: i also um in i guess in the simplest terms it uh it also can like kind of teach you like if you're a younger viewer watching this just how to just be responsible with taking care of any kind of like great pet whatsoever Absolutely. i mean yes. like you're giving you're giving you're giving uh any any kind of rule about taking care of anything about you know what mm. you should and shouldn't do in order to properly take care of uh something or someone and uh and i don't think billy like he doesn't do anything out really that way like you know, he, he would be careful on his own. I think when he has, uh, like, the Corey Feldman character over here, like, that 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 whoops happens, but I don't think if right. Billy is left to his own devices, that that happens. I think Billy right. was, even though it's kind of set up that he's not totally responsible, he does bring the dog to work, but he has his reasons <laughs> for doing that, um, and but I, but I, yeah, I think it just shows the consequence of, like, hey, if you don't follow these rules, then this mm-hmm. is a very, of course, uh, you know, over-exaggerated, uh, situation happening here but yes bad things can happen is what we're trying to say and bad Certainly. things do indeed happen here um but man dude I, when i was watching today i was like there is no no boat there's like no other meat to this story other than this, this is no
2: is. exactly <laughs> and like, i <laughs> it's sort of nice to have a break from all these other thematic implications like it's nice to just turn your brain off and not have to think too deeply beyond what you're actually seeing and marvel and it's ridiculousness and i that's what i love about this movie it's
1: like what do they want they just want to fuck shit up (laughs) that seems to be be their goal their end game and that's completely it and Uh, it's up to
2: <clears throat> one kid to stop it all and what more quintessentially 80s yeah. concept can you come one up with
1: would be girlfriend slash psychic yeah yeah she, she gets to and of course this is like a movie where uh most of the like the adult adults are kind of useless so it's right. up to like the younger the younger people to yeah save the day that was like a lot that they use that a lot in 80s movies where very like, much so.
2: <laughs> i think uh, that's what Morris. makes that gen or decade so awesome mm-hmm. in film
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i it kind of proves like yeah, well, sometimes you gotta listen to your kids, <laughs> they know they know what's up, yeah. Uh and yeah, I guess and they say whatever mixed criticism the movie received in '84 has uh continued to receive critical praise over the years, and is considered by many as one of the best films of 1984, and has an 86 approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, as well.
2: Um, what is your critical assessment? Where do you how do you rate or well, what I do you, score it. do you give? Well, I think this? I think from now on,
1: I'm gonna just because we both letterbox now, I'm gonna change them to just the letterbox score. Uh, okay, yeah. I think do that's, this. that's
2: good. Yeah, let's uh, do that.
1: I get I gave it a four. Um, I not that I think that's a pretty good score. I on. I mean
2: I agree. I, I'll be giving it. I haven't ranked it yet because I just finished up before we recorded, but I will also be giving it a four. I want to give it like my enjoyment of it as a five. I really don't like like about it, but like just keeping matching it in terms of its filmmaking quality. I think it's still high. So yeah, I agree four out of five for me as well, which is definitely a recommendation. I would definitely encourage people that haven't seen it that are looking to get into something a little bit more old school around Christmas time. Check out Gremlins. You won't be disappointed. It is Literally hilarious. I think it's funnier than it really was intended to be. At least I look at it that way. Yep. Yeah. And I, yeah. Any fan of you know, Spielberg should love it too.
1: And I just came across the thing about the Furby. The Furby was inspired by Gizmo. Oh, okay. Um, that makes total uh, sense. I just like I because I was looking at the merchandising. Um they uh they were heavily uh inspired by the character of Gizmo uh when they created Furby.
2: Nice, okay. and they
1: and they also credit, at least in the eighties Steven Spielberg with this growing trend of merchandising cute characters mm. uh, for profit, <laughs> according to <laughs> ET the Extraterrestrial and Gremlins. Uh, I don't know so how ET e. is <laughs> cute, but so this is a big debate amongst my friends because I used to love. I mean, I still love ET, but I yeah, used to yeah. love it a lot more a long time ago. It used to be like, I used, it was it was once in my top ten like uh, movies okay. of all time, and. I was like, I don't think ET is grotesque, but some of my friends were like, "There's nothing cute about that thing at all, dude." <laughs> I was like, like, "I was like, really?" Like, and like, and they all point to the scene where ET is dying. I was like, "Of course, dude, that's that's scary." Yeah. But like, I don't he think he looks
2: like
1: scary-looking thing at all.
2: He looks to me like an elephant penis. <laughs> 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 like, this is what I look at him and then look at like an elephant skin and tell me he doesn't look like an elephant's appendage. Like he is a weird looking. I think it's like a weird cute like a french bulldog <laughs> or a pug. But cute, I don't know, but definitely if it's coming down to ET or Gizmo, I'm going Gizmo, but
1: I'm never going to be able to watch ET. <laughs> <time. laughs>
2: Just think about that next time you see uh,
1: giant elephant penis. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and as far as the film's legacy, we already said it spawned the sequel. Uh but they said it also uh, was believed to be the inspiration for films such as Ghoulies, Troll, Hobgoblins, and Munchies. I've only, I've seen seen Ghoulies because I remember the cover art, but like, I don't know the other. (laughs) And those are all straight horror movies too. Okay. Uh, In music, the Scottish rock, uh, post-rock band maguire named after the film's creatures as for the reason why the band chose this as their name their guitarist uh has stated that it has no significant meaning and we always intended on getting a better one but like a lot of other things we never got around to it <laughs> so, <laughs> okay um,
2: speaking of the music jerry goldsmith's score i think is a oh yeah too. Oh, so that man main,
1: that main grimless theme is actually very very I, good and like, that's iconic uh, yeah, it's uh, and I also love that, even though it doesn't make much sense because I don't know how they're hearing the music. You actually hear the gremlins kind of humming along to it sometimes yeah. when the music's playing.
2: <laughs> if we could open the episode with the gremlin theme, that would be yeah. awesome.
1: You know what? Yeah, you, know, you know what? So like, sometimes I add like the trailers, TV spots ahead of the episodes. I yeah. think I just might add the
2: please do the that. theme for yeah, it's of so the TV awesome. Uh,
1: yeah. That's the yeah. Cause another thing I was like, I was like, how do they know do they hear the movie music? <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> Don't ask any... questions. It's an 80s movie. It's does ends. it make does
1: it make it sense? It's awesome that way. Um in 2019, Warner Brothers successfully gained registered trademark of the name and the franchise. That same year, the studio's parent company, Warner Media, Greenlit an animated series called Gremlin Secrets of the Maguire based on the property of its streaming service max that premiered on may 23rd 2023 uh there is also a lot of talk of there being a third film zach galligan is down or to do it well, like of course <laughs> i don't know he's up to anything else uh i i don't I'm, i don't know if i want a third movie uh you know i, like, I, agree, I, I agree with you if yeah. you make a third one or if you remake it, it i the only thing i, I can accept you like hard are it <laughs> yeah and make it like a true horror movie
2: uh it could and, be fun i just feel like it would be more than likely uh end up being shit but i don't know it feels yeah. like something that just belongs in the 80s early 90s but yeah maybe yeah, with the and, right and vision
1: it feels very much of a product of its time like even know yes. even though it's weird because we said that a lot of it feels like not dated at least the way the effects and stuff look but
2: right um there the is concept. Like
1: a, I think that you pointed that out earlier that if you know Steven Spielberg's hands, his handprints are all over it, and there's a, something about uh, what he brought to even something that he produced mm. back then, you could tell it was a part of his, like he had some kind of input in it. Yeah. Um, I also think it's interesting that Steven Spielberg has these kind of like, uh, I can't even really say dark. You can't even call Steven Spielberg dark, but like- he <laughs> Well, was wait, this just, is
2: the guy that did- yeah, schindler's list oh that's maybe. true that's true that, that's pretty dark yeah um uh,
1: but he could do <laughs> yeah that's true uh but he can do like he wants like these concepts with like gremlins and then poltergeist uh you know i i think he likes to dabble with like i have an idea but like i'll let someone else do it but
2: like right I'll, it's, I'll it's his brand it. <laughs> at the end of the day, right like you don't want to yeah. but i think he likes to at least be involved even on the outside of some of these things
1: yeah i agree um and uh, yeah, I mean, I think it is a Christmas classic, an unconventional one. Yes, uh, you know, I, I will. Uh, you know what, we what we should do with our letterbox, um, before Christmas, if you can, yeah, uh, uh, even if you want it, doesn't have to be 10. Like, what if you can think of like any unconventional, like if you wanted to rank an unconventional Christmas movies, then okay, probably could do some of that, I guess, kind of, I have a few. Good thing. Like there's like there's some that I there's this movie called Go that came out in 1999. It takes place during Christmas and it has very little to do with Christmas, but I watch it every uh time around the year cuz it opens with lines about Christmas. It it takes place like on Christmas and ends up into like uh New Year's. So mm-hmm. like it but Christmas has nothing to do with the plot whatsoever. my, my- <laughs>
2: Only issue would be that I've seen so few, even oh, unconventional Christmas movies. It'd be hard for me to 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 stack them, like to rate them accordingly. But it's a good idea, and I would definitely make a list of ones that I just know of. But in terms of the ones I've actually seen, they are very few. Because again, not a Christmas well, movie yeah, guy.
1: You know, like you know, I forgot about the, you, you know what? we. I think I want to try. If we can make it work, I will try to sneak in Black Christmas.
2: I I think uh, you should cover uh, it. I think that'd be great, and yeah. I kind of wanted to get around to it for for uh, October anyway. So if we can sneak it yeah. in for Christmas, then boom. I yeah, mean, I think
1: that would work because like we were talking about doing possibly four, and like that would give us the fourth one. Uh,
0: True. Why uh, not? And yeah, because
1: it's, because it's either that or is it going to be something really cheesy and silly? I was going to make you watch like Family Stone or let's holiday. do black christmas <laughs>
2: <laughs> fantastic it's locked <laughs>
1: oh, it's locked and loaded uh, all my girlfriends that listen to this and they're like why does not he like love actually why doesn't he like the holiday <laughs>
2: like the uh, holiday i haven't seen but it just doesn't appeal it's okay to me
1: to like it if you're a dude i was like i, <laughs> I
2: oh mean, i have nothing that, yeah definitely it cause I, I,
1: I what i've learned is that i don't think his issues with love actually have anything to do with the fact that like he's a guy and doesn't like it certainly issues. not uh, he has a, a very similar reaction to that movie that some of my other friends have to it. It's a very visceral disdain for it. Yeah. Even though it, even though it comes from this really wholesome, nice place, that movie. A lot of my friends think that, no, it actually comes from a very nasty, messed up place. <laughs> and, and you guys all think it's very sweet and has something nice Perhaps. to
2: say. I maintain that anybody <laughs> can like anything, and I have my particular sense of taste with things or, or uh, what I... inclined to like and for whatever reason I don't know I was raised in a household that Christmas was cherished my mother loves Christmas and I watched Christmas movies with her growing up mostly animated ones like Polar Express was a staple in our house but for whatever reason I don't know I somewhere growing up skewed towards more like dark horror dramas (laughs) like that sort of thing Yeah. Christmas was left you know cast by the wayside
1: And, and those movies are very much anti that yeah <laughs> they're like they're all like that's right you know,
2: i don't know our, what it is I'm, know, I'm sunshine
1: I, and roses and bows yeah and, you know
2: <laughs> yeah
1: which you know <laughs> i think that's there's a place for it of course you I mean absolutely Some people people want to go to the movies to feel good and that those movies usually make you feel good but i do understand the whole point of it being so sweet like it's so mm-hmm. like uh like like no one acts like that in real life is what some people would say
2: <laughs> uh, right and sometimes that's <laughs> kind of like how i like my movies to be or to emulate real life not always that being said i am really excited to cover home alone this year which is much more of a conventional, yeah. heartwarming christmas movie made by one of the greatest directors when john hughes so and perfect timing
1: for us to do it i thought it was so cool that macaulay hogan got his star yeah walk of fame like to kind of kick off christmas that it's like he is you know for a lot of people in the uh best christmas i mean everyone has their favorite uh but that is on a lot of people's list as their favorite christmas movie uh is home alone so that was mm-hmm. nice to see him get that um anyway i think also most of us can agree if you're a guy and you've seen love actually that a girl probably made you watch it first <laughs> so so uh that i'm sure happened, that is the case that for happened many. that yeah. happened with me I that's the case blanking. with me as well yes <laughs> uh because i avoided it like the play because i was like i don't think that looks in-. even though that one scene i told you about offline i was like oh that that looks sweet and then when i saw the movie i was like that's not sweet (laughs) uh, that's uh, a shady (laughs) thing to do (laughs) that's your that's your best friend's uh, wife (laughs) Um, but yeah a girl definitely made me watch it and i ended up liking it but of course you know that everyone's not gonna like everything that's right (laughs) but i totally and i i do love that if i it feels like it's like almost like in a funny way your desire to send me like disparaging things about love actually like <laughs> i
2: like, knew that you would get a kick out of that yeah was, was, yourself, no because like anything. that argo
1: is meant to be kind of positive but it's also like yeah it's also ridiculous guys
2: <laughs> like exactly
1: I, I respected the honesty so
2: yeah it That's was something cool. to engage in together that was love actually related so i knew you'd appreciate it
1: yeah it was pretty yeah it was that was funny at least um, we got common we
2: both ground agree on, on this Gremlins. one yeah exactly yeah exactly
1: uh and uh, honestly i think uh it, it stands the test of time i feel like i my little brother likes this movie too yeah he, well he's oh nice your age, i guess yeah, but he like nice. really likes it and he thought it was really good um he hasn't seen the second one either though. maybe i should show it to him uh i well.
2: really want to watch the second one <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's really, really good
1: and uh and yeah yeah i think it's a really good unconventional christmas movie but i still think it still has the heart of like even though there's like all this horror and mayhem by the mm-hmm. end of it, because it ends so nice. <laughs> it ends very like it's very sweet. And every yep. you know, all they save the day. There's a lot of destruction, but they save the day.
2: Very Spielberg-esque. And, yeah.
1: And uh I, I love how it ends on that kind of like picturesque like view of the town or whatever, mm. which you know looks looks very Christmasy. And then of course that music is just so like <laughs> not, not Christmassy, the main theme, yeah, you know, that it ends on. Um but yeah, no, I, I loved it. And it will probably continue to be on my Yearly Christmas watch.
2: I'm already looking forward for to the watch of this movie
1: years to come. Um, so yeah, that is and uh, concludes uh, this entry of Mary Benchmas. We at least have two more for you. That's right. Uh, we're, gonna make, we're gonna make Black Christmas happen because I really want I, that'll be a fun one to talk about. Let's see yes. if you like it. You know, I will, I'm, I got a lot to drop box you today, so
2: I will, yes, please do. I'll, we'll do that. All right,
1: those off, and like, yeah, we can make that work in the schedule. I think it'd be a f- just to uh, see what you felt about it like the first time, like watching it. Yeah. Because I, uh, th- that was, that was a movie uh, that I searched and searched for. I couldn't find it like when I was younger. Always okay. heard about it and couldn't find it. And I ended up paying like a lot of money for a janky DVD, but that was like nothing. <laughs> they didn't really like, have it.
2: Sometimes, anywhere. yeah, you got, <laughs> you can't pass up these things when you see them. Like when I know. saw my copy of Skinner Marink, I was like, I don't know when I'm going to come across that again. I'm snagging that. And I paid. Yeah. A pretty penny for it too so respect
1: yeah i went from yeah. expensive janky dvd to having one copy on blu-ray and another copy on 4k so they're oh, very okay. easy to find
2: now. yes um, i know i need to get back, my copy too
1: but it was that horror movie back in the day i was like oh everyone i've heard people talk about it. i want to see it and mm. i saw an age where it did scare me a little bit um it's definitely got some moments for sure
2: okay i'm looking forward that. to it and yeah. the rest of mary benjamin's too and we got another um anniversary coming up next week that i'm really excited to chat about too with christine so stay tuned to that oh yeah I just watch that in october but i'm already like antsy to talk about it again so that'll be yeah. fun looking forward to that
1: yeah we got you got Christine and the faculty we got a lot we got a lot going yes, on guys. yeah there's gonna be a and lot we're, cr- of... cr- we're cramming this into a very short amount of time but <laughs> mm-hmm. uh at least they're fun ones so like we're really excited to do them uh definitely about to them out. So you guys yeah all right wrap it well i guess up. yes
2: without any further ado that wraps up what is technically our second episode of Mary Benjamin. So thanks a lot guys for joining us on our second episode of this holiday themed mini series. Glad to have you guys back for another episode. And as we mentioned, stay tuned. We got plenty of other, uh, Christmas movies lined up for the remainder of the month as we celebrate the Christmas, uh, holiday. Looking forward to chatting with you guys next week. Gaius, as always, thanks for joining and thanks for having me on to talk about movies. And for those that are just joining and uh, want to find us on other platforms, anywhere you type in at Back to the Blockbuster, you can find us on social media and where you guys get your podcast. Tell your friends that like this sort of content. And uh, please join us next week where we break down a couple other Christmas movies. Thanks again for joining us, guys.